Heavenly Father, we come before you and recognise that your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. So we ask that you would send your spirit to us this morning so that we may understand your righteousness and your law as we look at it together. Lord, we pray that you would impress it upon our hearts and that we would live for your glory. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we pick up our series again in the book of Colossians. Last week we had a bit of an interlude where I spoke on interpreting scripture. Uh, But this morning we pick up in Colossians chapter 4 and we're looking at primarily verse 5. So I encourage you to have a Bible in front of you this morning as we look at this text together. The book of Colossians, of course, we've learnt again and again, is written to by the Apostle Paul to the church in Colossae. And the church in Colossae had been going through some problems, a particular heresy had crept into the church, and the apostle has been refuting that again and again, establishing that Jesus is the living God. He is the way of salvation. It is only through Christ that you can be saved. And once he's established that in chapters 1 and chapter 2, then he starts to give instructions as to how the church in Colossae is to live. And he gave uh, general, broad instructions at first, then he gave specific instructions in chapter 3, verse 18, to wives, then 19 to husbands, in in verse 20, to children, fathers, slaves, in verse 22, masters, in chapter 4, verse 1. And then he's been giving instructions about prayer, and that's what we've looked at in previous weeks, uh, prayer and also uh, the way that we're meant to proclaim the gospel clearly. And that's what I spoke on last time, verse 4 of Colossians chapter 4, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And I looked at what does it mean to be a clear preacher of God's word and the importance of praying for preachers of God's word. And this week we come to verse 5. Verse 5, which reads, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders make the most of every opportunity. Here we have another command from the Apostle Paul, in light of who Jesus is and you're seeking to follow him, what else are you supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Now, what does this mean? Why are we supposed to act in the way towards outsiders, be wise in the way we act toward outsiders? Well, the previous verse is a clue, what we looked at last time. What was the subject before that? Well, it's about evangelism. The Apostle Paul, in verse 3, is praying, um, he asked for prayer that God would open a door for his message, which is about speaking the good news of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 4, pray that I may proclaim that message clearly, as I should. So this is, verse 5 comes in the context of evangelism, telling others the good news of Jesus Christ. So why should we act wisely? towards outsiders, to those outside the church? Well, it's so that they can have eternal life as well, so that they can be saved, and so that they can glorify God as they were designed to do. Now, how are we to act wisely towards outsiders? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us in verse 5, he says, "'Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders.'" Make the most of every opportunity. How are you to act wisely towards those who are outside the church? Well, it's to make the most of every opportunity. Now, what does that mean? Well, in the Greek, it is literally buying the time. Buying the time. And so the translations have different ways of translating this. And one of the old translations that I love, the KJV, is redeem the time. Redeem the time. And if you read older books, they always talk about redeeming the time. It's literally the, the, word, the word for buying or redeeming that's translated there is the word that would be used as you go to the market. If you go to the market, what do you do there? You buy things. And so what are you supposed to buy? Well, you're supposed to buy time is what the Apostle Paul is saying. And the word 
time there is not the general word that's used for time. It's a word that's used for seasons. So the idea of a season, a particular time, a special time would come along. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to buy those special times, those seasonal times, in the way that we act toward outsiders. You're going to be saying, now, how do I do that? What is that meant to be illustrating? How do I buy time with outsiders? Well, think of the idea of shopping. You're going to the market. If you're a wise shopper, what do you do? Well, you buy at sale times. You, uh, uh, you work out the seasons for sales, and you know what is a bad price and what is a good price. A wise shopper doesn't just walk into the shop and buy anything. No, he looks at the price. He wants to know what the price is. And so he buys when he knows that things are cheaper than at other times. He knows that there's seasons that come and go, whether it be with fruit, whether it be with fashion. He recognises that there's good times to buy and there's bad times to buy. And if I'm a wise shopper, I buy at the good times. I want a good price. He also knows the wise shopper. He knows what he can afford. He has the money ready, but also doesn't spend beyond his means. These days in the day of credit cards and all kinds of other debt, um, what is it, afterpay, these kinds of things, people can have this idea that I can spend beyond my means. But the wise shopper knows he spends according to what he can afford. And so he, the wise shopper knows that if he walks right past a bargain, he's not making the most of the opportunity. He's not buying the time, buying in the right season. Now, how is this an illustration for us as we think about the way we, we share the gospel, we evangelize those outside the church? Well, we think of unbelievers, and they are like market prices. They fluctuate. Unbelievers vary in their interest in the gospel. They vary in what they think about the Lord Jesus Christ and their interest in him. It varies from person to person. As you go from one to the next, people are varied in their interest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then their interest actually varies from time to time within their life. They have go through seasons where they're very interested in God and the Bible and Christianity, and then other times where they are much more hardened to the Lord Jesus, and to finding out about him. And so we recognise as Christians, if we are wise Christians, as we come to outsiders, to those outside the church, that there are softer people who are very interested and they require less time from us to get to the point of sharing the gospel. And then there's hardened people, but then we recognise that those hardened people at times can soften and that crises can come into their lives, chimes can be in their life, Seasons come into their lives where they're more interested. And then we recognise that there's those people who are just hardened people to the gospel message and they rarely have a season where they're interested at all. And the wise Christian knows how to interact with people based on what stage of life they're at, what type of person they're at, and make the best possible use of time. If it's going to take a long time to get to the point of the gospel, we go, well, look, maybe I should move on to somebody else who's a bit softer at this point in time. And we also, as believers, we recognise, just like a shopper, recognises he has limited resources, and this is important to note as we look at the fact that there's all these types of people out there. We have limited resources. We have limited time. We're only on this earth for, let's say, 70, 80 years, the Bible says, if we've got the strength. Some of you might be hanging out to give you 100. But ultimately, your time is very limited. And there's many people out there who are unbelievers. Now, how are you going to use your time accordingly? Shoppers can't afford to buy everything that's on the market. 
They have to use their money wisely. And Christians can't afford to spend all their time with one person. A hardened person who rarely changes interest in the gospel. You're always working, working, working to try and get to that point to share the gospel with them, but it never comes. And so Christians, we must make the most of every opportunity. We must act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunities when they come up. Now, how do we do that? How do we make the most of opportunities? Well, firstly, we need to act wisely towards outsiders by putting ourselves in the lives of outsiders. We need to put ourselves in the lives of outsiders. Part of the reason my wife is good at getting bargains is because she's often at the shops. (laughs) So she can see the bargains when they are there. And so we have to recognise that if we are going to make the most of opportunities with unbelievers, then we need to be around unbelievers. We need to put ourselves into the lives of unbelievers. If we don't walk toward unbelievers, then we're never going to have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. That's what it actually says there when it says act wisely. The word act is walk. As you walk towards unbelievers, act wisely and make the most of the opportunities. And so we need to walk towards outsiders. Now, when can we walk towards outsiders? Well, one way is by church events. Like what? Well, church services like this morning and Bible studies and evangelistic events that may come along at your church. Why is it important to come to such events? Well, it's important for the fellowship with other believers, but also unbelievers are often at church events. There are people here this morning who I'm not quite sure where they stand with the Lord. And I love that they're here. And the fact that they're here actually means they're kind of on sale. They're softer than a lot of the people who are walking around the streets at the moment in Dremoyne. The people inside the building who right now with us who are unbelievers they're a bit softer. They're bargain price unbelievers, outsiders. And you being here this morning may have an opportunity to catch someone who's on sale. The fact that they're here this morning. And not only are they possibly softer by being in the building with us this morning, you also have brothers and sisters around you who can help pay the price for them to hear the gospel message. You might have somebody else come up, a brother or sister in Christ, and they also Make the most of the opportunity with you. Like if you're at the shops and you say, oh, I really can't afford that. But your sister's there and she says, I'll give you $50 towards it. It's all right. I'll help cover it. So come to church events as believers with an idea of let's make the most of opportunities that may present themselves, particularly outsiders who may be here who are not believers. Also, we should, of course, put ourselves in the lives of unbelievers outside the church, in the workplace, with friends, with family. These are all opportunities when we go to these these parts of our lives where there's unbelievers' presence, there are opportunities that come up. Coming to a church event is kind of like going to the shops for a specific sale. You know that there's bargains to be had there and you hope to catch one of them while you're there because there's people who are generally on sale there. Going to non-church events is kind of like going to the the shopping centre for a haircut, and while you're there, you see that there's a bargain price television, and you come home with that. You weren't expecting to buy a TV when you went for the haircut, but it was 90% off, honey. So how could I walk past it? It was dirt cheap. And that's what it's like when you go to other events within your life. When you go to work, 
You're not there to evangelize. You're there to work. But while you're there, it may be that an opportunity comes up. And you, as a Christian, you are a wise Christian who acts wisely towards outsiders, and you make the most of the opportunity. You buy up the time when that person raises up the subject about God, the Bible, or something else. You're there to buy the opportunity. Or maybe you're driving a child to swimming lessons, and you thought we were just going to go in the car, and we're going to get there as quickly as possible, and then suddenly the subject of the Bible comes up. A child raises it. You put yourself in the life of the child to take them where you thought they needed to go for something else, but suddenly you're making the most of an opportunity that has arisen. And we see this happening in the Bible. I mean, one of the classic examples is the Lord Jesus. He sits down at a well, and a woman walks up, and he asks her for a drink. And before you know it, he's talking about the Messiah. He's making the most of an opportunity. This woman walks up in the middle of the day for a drink, and next thing you know, he's talking about living water. And we see her come to faith in Christ. Now, we've got these two areas of life. You've got church events and you've got non-church events. And we need a good balance between the two. This is part of the reason I deliberately try not to overload you here at Dremoyne Baptist with lots of programs. Some churches, they have programs on Wednesday night and Thursday night and Friday night and every other Saturday night there's something on at the church and the members are expected to be there. If we do that, when are you going to have opportunities outside the church to meet with family and friends and have, make the most of opportunities that may come up to talk the, and share the gospel with them? I deliberately try to free up your time so that you can build relationships with people outside the church and make the most of the opportunity. Now, why do we need to be told to make the most of opportunities and to walk towards outsiders? Well, it's because we don't like giving up our time. Sleeping in, watching television on the couch, that doesn't put your life in the lives of unbelievers. And we don't like to do that sometimes. We don't like the idea of meeting up with other people We'd like to spend our time on our own. And so we need to here make the most of opportunities with outsiders, put ourselves in the lives of outsiders so that we can share the gospel with them if an opportunity comes up. And so you should be asking yourself this morning, what could I drop in my life in order to make the most of opportunities that may be coming my way? But the second way how we can act wisely towards outsiders is also by watching for such opportunities. I've touched on that in the idea of putting ourselves in the lives of people, but we've got to be very careful as Christians, watching out for such opportunities, for seasons. Remember that word? It's the time there for the idea of seasons, that seasons come up in people's lives. A wise shopper can spot sale signs. Yes, it's one thing to go to the shops. It's another thing to keep your eyes open and spot the sale signs that are up. My wife has a great talent in this, uh, not just by seeing sale signs, but she can actually hear when something's on sale. Now, how does she do that? Well, I actually met my wife at Target. We were both in retail together, and she used to be in the kids' wear department, and part of her job there was using the markdown gun. And so you would scan things, find out the price, put a tag on it, mark it down. She knows the sound of the markdown gun. So she can hear it when she's on the other side of Target, and she can hear, oh, markdown gun. I wonder what's on sale, going on sale over there. And it means that nobody else has actually seen it because it's literally been printed at that time. Nobody else has had an opportunity to buy the bargain. 
And so she's able to make a beeline over to that sound and pick up a bargain, particularly if she sees, I think that's in the kids' wear department. And so she makes a beeline over for it. And that's what the wise Christian does. He has an ear out for opportunities, for seasons that have come up in somebody's life. What sort of times are we talking about? Well, whenever people talk about pain and suffering. What does that mean? It means that the person is recognising that they're going out of business, that they're dying, that this world is not all it's cracked up to be by the television set and social media, that there's pain in this world. And that's a sign, a season in their life that may allow them to hear the gospel message in a way that they wouldn't previously. Just as businesses go out of business and they mark stuff down, when a person indicates that they recognise they're going out of business, that their life is coming to an end, then there's an opportunity for you to share the gospel. What other times and seasons come up in people's lives? Well, when people start to talk about sin, they may not use the word sin, but they talk about the injustice, particularly of others, when someone has hurt them in some particular way. That's an opportunity for a bargain. Kind of like at the shops when the box is damaged and it goes on sale. Someone has been damaged by somebody else's sin and they've got a sore spot about it. And that's an opportunity to talk about sin and judgment. And that there's an eternal judge one day who will rectify all wrongs. And so there's an opportunity to talk about the gospel. What other sale times are there that we can recognise, seasons? Well, there are particular periods where large people in a population can be more open to the gospel message. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about pandemics and wars and recessions. When you read your newspaper, it's kind of like reading a catalogue for the shops and you're working out what's on sale, what's come up, where should I go? And that's what we should be doing. When we recognise that there's global pain or even just national pain, I saw this with the pandemic, that there were more opportunities to talk about Jesus with people who had never spoken about Jesus before because they were hurting and they were worried and they were concerned about what was going to happen with their lives. And so I was able to make the most of the opportunity because I was ready. I thought, yes, this is going to be a time where people are searching for something greater. What other times should we be watching out for, listening out for the markdown gun? Well, it's when someone actually asks you, what do you believe? Or is there a God? We see this particularly with children. Like, as I said, in the car, you're off to swimming lessons, and suddenly they ask you a spiritual question. What are you supposed to do? Make the most of the opportunity. It's like a sales assistant walking up to you and saying, excuse me, everything's 90% off at the moment. And you go, wow, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. No one else in the store knows this. This sales assistant has only spoken to me. I'm going to go great guns here. That's what it is when someone says to you, what do you believe? Or why is the Bible true? Or how do you know there is a God? And so you make the most of the opportunity and talk to them about the Lord Jesus. 
So Christian acts wisely by watching out for seasons and making the most of those opportunities. Just as we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in general terms, it says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And that includes evangelism. There's a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. And the wise Christian knows what those times are and who he's speaking to, whether it's worth his time to speak to a hardened person or whether it's going to be a case of throwing pearls to swine. And it's far better to keep your lips closed until another opportunity comes up in the future. A better season comes along. So two ways that we can act wisely towards outsiders. One is by putting ourselves in the lives of outsiders Secondly, is by listening out for the seasons, watching out for them, the sale times. Thirdly, how else can we act wisely? Well, it's by readying readying ourselves to buy when opportunities arrive. Wise shoppers have cash on them, ready to spend when the bargain comes along. There's nothing worse than having to pass on a bargain because you've got no cash. You can't actually buy it. It's 90% off. It's dirt cheap, but I don't have the money. And the wise Christian is also ready with cash when the bargain comes along. He makes the most of the opportunity because he is ready with the gospel message. He's well prepared. Now, what's the currency that we use as Christian? Well, it's God's word. Faith comes by hearing the word. If we're to make the most of the opportunity, we need to share God's word with the person, which means that we need to know God's word ourselves. We need to study it so that we're ready to make the most of the opportunity. Studying the word increases our faith in it and also gives us the message to answer someone. When they say, why do you believe there is a God? Why do you believe the Bible is true? You're ready to go. You've got cash in your wallet to buy the bargain that has come along. Now, I know that sometimes I get some criticism, you could say, that I read too much. I love books and I love reading and I do spend a fair amount of time reading. Why is that? It's because I want to have cash in my wallet to buy the opportunities when they come along. If you can witness to unbelievers constantly and remain balanced in your faith, well, that's great. More power to you. But I'm not someone that can do that. I need time away from unbelievers. Just as a shopper, he needs time away from the shops in order to make money so that he can come back to the shops and buy something. And it's the same for us as Christians, I believe. There are some people who are really gifted, okay? Yes, go for it. Spend all your time with unbelievers. But most of us need some time out from unbelievers to study the word, to get cashed up, ready for those opportunities when they come along. And that's the case particularly for Sunday with preaching here this morning. This is one of my, let's say, no, this is my main opportunity for the week to buy time from the people who are present here this morning. And so I need to spend a fair bit of time away from everybody through the week so that I can make the most of the opportunity, so that I'm cashed up here when you all gather and hopefully you hear the gospel message clearly presented so that you are bought if you're an unbeliever and you experience the goodness of the gospel message. So how do we act wisely towards unbelievers? We put ourselves in their lives. We watch out for seasons. We also ready ourselves for such opportunities by studying the word. 
And then fourthly, how else do we act wisely? Well, it's by begging the Holy Spirit to go with us. Whenever we are in those opportunities that come along, we want the Holy Spirit there with us. The Spirit is like a friend who helps negotiate the price when you're doing the bargain shopping and also guarantees your debit card. When you tap that card with the gospel message with an unbeliever, if the Holy Spirit is there, then it, the transaction clears. Otherwise, it's unapproved and nothing will come of the gospel message as it goes out. It's good to still try, but ultimately nothing will happen unless the Holy Spirit changes the heart of the person as they hear the message from God's word. We need to make the most of the opportunities that come our way by having the Holy Spirit with us. And how do we have the Holy Spirit with us? It's by prayer, prayer, prayer. Pray beforehand, pray for opportunities, and then whilst you're even sharing the message, if you've got a good mind, you can do two things at once. You can share the message and then in the back of your mind be saying, help, help, help to the Holy Spirit. Impress it upon them. Maybe even if you can't do two things at once very clearly, I sometimes do this, you, you, as the person's replying to something you've said, you then start praying. Now, you've got to be careful because then you don't pay much attention to what they're saying and can lose track of it and you look like you're being a bit rude to them by not listening to their answer. But you, there is time, just a quick prayer in there. Help, help, help. You want your friend there as you seek to make the sale. But why do we bother with this? Why do we bother to act wisely with outsiders and to make the most of the opportunities? Why do we want outsiders to be insiders? Is it to feather our own nests? Well, sadly, some do evangelise for that reason. They want converts for pride, for power, for money, to build their church up for financial gain. But that's not what we should be doing. We should want insiders to be outsiders because we fear for them. We fear for them. There's a parallel passage. We've seen it a couple of times in Ephesians. Ephesians the end of Ephesians is very similar to Colossians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. A couple of pages earlier if you want to look it up. It says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. We've heard that before. And why? Because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. What does that mean? It means that outsiders are trapped in evil. And what happens to those who are trapped in evil? Well, James warns us, the judge is standing at the door. He's not far away, the judge. He's standing at the door, ready to judge those who are evildoers. A fire is approaching the market, and it's going to sweep through and burn up everything. There is going to be nothing left. There's not going to be a fire sale afterwards for those things that were kind of damaged by the fire, may have had a bit of smoke on them. No, it's going to sweep through. And it's going to destroy everything that hasn't been purchased, that hasn't been brought inside. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring outsiders inside our master's temple because in there they will be safe from the fire that is approaching. We want people to live with our master, our master who is altogether lovely and provides eternal safety from the fire that is to come. 
We want outsiders to be insiders so that they experience the joy that we have experienced of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are actually trying to make a name for ourselves by acting wisely towards outsiders, wanting them to become insiders instead of outsiders. But it's not a name for ourselves. It's a name for Christ. We're actually out there shopping for the master. We're shopping for the master. We're trying to get bargains for the master so that they can be insiders with us and belong to him and have eternal security. Yes, we do get joy in shopping, but it's because a sinner is being saved from hell. It's not so that we will have power and another notch on our belt. It's not so that we can get financial benefit or some other perk from the person if they become a convert. It's the joy of knowing that a person is now safe with Christ and our wonderful master is glorified as yet another person turns from glorifying themselves or some other thing in creation and starts to glorify their creator. And so if you're here this morning and you're not a believer, let me make the most of the opportunity I have right now. You must be somewhat on sale, otherwise you wouldn't be here this morning. May be derogatory to say that, but it's the truth. You're softer, you're more interested in the Bible by being here this morning. Let me warn you from God's word. I didn't make this up. It's God's word. You are in evil days. You're ensnared in evil if you're outside of Christ. And one day a fire will come and destroy you. And I don't want that to happen. And nobody else who's a believer in this room wants that to happen. I encourage you, turn from evil and do right. Trust in Jesus Christ and experience the forgiveness of sins. Trust that he at the cross died for you. He paid the penalty. He paid the price so that you could be free. Fire consumed him at the cross, so to speak. He experienced hell at the cross so that you could be safe in his temple for all of eternity. Turn from your sin. Trust in Christ. Come into the security of Christ's temple and be saved and enjoy the pleasure that we at this church enjoy of getting to know our creator and our redeemer. And the rest of you who are believers, the challenge for you this morning is, are you being wise in the way that you act toward outsiders? Are you making the most of every opportunity, buying up the seasons that come along? Are you walking toward outsiders by being at church activities and non-church activities? Is most of your time spent in isolation like a hermit? Are you watching out for opportunities to share the gospel? Do you have an ear out for the markdown gun? When people start to talk about sin, when people start to talk about pain, does your ear prick up? and say, this is an opportunity to move the conversation in a direction that will lead to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you preparing yourselves for such opportunities by studying the word? Are you ready for them so that you'll speak up and speak clearly because you've studied the gospel message? You know the answers to most of the the common apologetic questions that are out there. It's very easy to have an answer ready to go on so many questions because they're the common ones. I know them at Scripture with my Scripture kids. They they ask the same questions all the time. Who made God? And I'm ready there to go because I've studied the Word. Are you ready to go? Or are you going to miss an opportunity, miss a bargain because you've got nothing in your wallet? 
when it comes up? And are you begging the Holy Spirit to go with you? Do you pray regularly for opportunities and that God would be with you, the Holy Spirit would be with you as your negotiator and your guarantor as you seek to share the gospel with someone so that they may be saved? Let's come to God in prayer. Let's speak with him. Heavenly Father, we praise you as a gracious God who has provided salvation from sin through Christ Jesus, that he experienced the fires of hell on the cross for his people. Thank you for the joyful privilege of being able to tell the gospel to outsiders. Thank you for placing us in the lives of outsiders and giving us opportunities. We ask that you would forgive us for all those times that we have not acted wisely towards them, where we've let opportunities go by and we haven't made that most of the opportunity that was there. But Lord, we ask that you would help us, forgive us, but help us in the future to do better. And so may many be saved by your spirit as you use us to speak the very words of God so that they may be saved. And we pray for anyone here this morning who is not saved, O Lord. We pray that you be softening their heart even now, that they would fear the wrath that is to come, that they would recognize their evil ways and turn from them and trust in Christ and be saved. And we pray this in his name. Amen.